0: Listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast is only cause a nigga
1: bless. welcome to the party. welcome back to Black Oak Couchies. I'm your host Christina. We are back for another episode of The Den, where we covered 911, New Amsterdam. FBI and mixed dish had to get them all together in a row here. We are missing New Amsterdam. However, we have three out of our four shows back. However, one may be taking a possible retirement, which we will discuss a little bit later. We'll get through our recaps and some just kind of reviews more so than a recap. And then we'll jump into some last minute thoughts and then feedback. We're going to start with 911 this week. Favorite episode by far, episode two of season four, Alone Together, written by Lindsay Bilou and directed by David Grossman. I gave this one a 9.8 out of 10. Queen Athena this week continues her reign of black excellence, strength, compassion, and doesn't do what May says and leave the you know kind of useless person named Sylvia but you know she had a story to get her ass out of this damn house like girl if you left the house in the first time in the first place this wouldn't have been an issue so don't blame it on when you go outside bad things happen no if you had evacuated this would have never happened so the house slides down further the the I was kind of not knowing where this was going last episode i didn't understand that her house was behind the hollywood sign which i should have known but it wasn't i don't know where it was but it was apparently on this hill slide and it goes further down sylvia gets crushed by some debris athena can't move it and when she tells dispatch to hurry may overhears and then chimes in and tells her mother to abandon the injured woman oh no he didn't I know she an intern or whatever you want to call it, but she would have been fired. Get out of here. Get out. You need a whooping. She needed a whooping all episode. I get that you are worried about your mother, but she been have taken this risk, as she said, before you were even a fertilized egg, ma'am. And that was not only unprofessional, it was downright rude <laughs> to the injured person who's sitting there like, oh, okay, so your job is not to protect and serve. And why is your child working at dispatch? then maddie gets all you gotta get benched ma'am and she had an attitude walking away at least when maddie went back and rejoined her ass she was like okay maybe i screwed that up (laughs) but you heard all day millions of people suffering and then you hear mom alert and empathy is just gone you gotta learn empathy ma'am athena tries to get leverage to move the the concrete debris but can and sylvia reveal she was in a car accident with her sister who died and she couldn't move on with her life without her because she was driving and she's got survivor's guilt athena drops some really good knowledge in acting as well that she too feels guilt for going in alone uh without backup and she says that the guilt isolates you uh that basically heffa you gotta learn to move on (laughs) you gotta learn to keep going you can't beat yourself up about things that possibly are out of your control i mean was you cited did they say on the accident report that this was your fault i mean this is my area of expertise so i'm like what did the insurance policy say maddie apologizes but maddie tells her they are a lifeline they don't not get to panic No matter who is on the line. So if your mama calls in. Again you need to be professional. Oh yeah. Apparently after some words of wisdom from Athena. That girl can help move the shit off of her. And they both decide to get their ass out. Bobby comes to get his wife. But can't see her. In the helicopter. Because she was asking for a ride. And then I love when that one lady just rolled up. And was like um I need to talk to you. And he had that moment of. "Mm, Is this about my wife? (laughs) <laughs> but then athena gets on her cop car and waves the chopper down and sylvia is all but forgotten for the bethena hand-holding the hard eyes the mom checking in with her extra ass extra ass daughter and then her saying thanks for coming to get me and him being like always i love them so much <laughs> And then the family celebrate her short-lived death duty and athena finds out that may took the job because of her that when she's out there in the field she'll never be alone oh hell no oh, ah. you're gonna need to work on your reactionary skills but also that's not really a good <laughs> like i'm with athena at this moment i know some people are like athena just needs to respect may but you're not doing it for the right you should be doing this job for you and the job is not oh if I get a call from my mama I'll be there and make sure I can speak to her in her last moment of need I I don't know you should be taking this job because you want to help other people in need not just your mother Athena then tells her ex-husband Michael that his new boo thing is tired before going to love on her man and he saw her coming and he was already reaching out like give me them hands give me give me I love them they're just the best <laughs> they are probably up there with west island and my shipping yep i know shy she's like there's no one else besides west Allen. well my number one ship is always and will always and has maintained <laughs> Rashon status um after this season nolden might be creeping up in, in the top they're in the top five i mean i have other ships that have fizzled uh, through time but one day we might have an actual shipping like who who are your top five to top 10 shipping couples but that's a different day let's continue on with this episode and check in now that we're done wrapping up Athena's story Chimney and Buck she tells him or Buck tells Chimney like you need to go home and move back in with my sister because it's weird and she's lonely and she's pregnant and you're missed a lot And I don't know why I have to say these things to you to convince you to go home and see your wife who's pregnant. (laughs) Like there's not much safety in the gosh damn world. He has to go down an actual chimney and save a baby. And he says from now on this will be how I got my origin story if someone asked about my nickname and I too would totally steal that well i don't think i have much to say about this episode because i don't have much notes (laughs) um carol is dead we think that's the mother of the the baby because they find the baby alive but no it's not the mother of the child the story the plot thickens she has been running her own baby farm has convinced women and locked them up in a room to give up their babies because it's the best thing for them He then has to assist in an actual delivery. And I I was not okay with this. There's just no reason why Hen's ass should not have been put down. Like this was all orchestrated for him. If there is a female around, that's who should be giving birth. A a male should only be having to be in this intimate, like you're just not wanted, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't ever feel comfortable if there's a woman around a female like if i was giving labor and i saw a man and i'd be like oh there's this female that's like hey send him down and she's giving him instructions and shit i'd be like can you just send her here because that would be a whole lot better but it's enough for him to get his act together and go back home to his wife but buck gets the brother and everything is balanced once again for covid purposes and we see that buck is indeed doing therapy i called it he needs therapy that's why i was like oh no i hope this is good because he he needs a lot everybody talking about let's get him a girlfriend he needs to work on himself before he gets a girlfriend boyfriend whatever the case may be and he spends another episode um missing any real dialogue or story arc <laughs> you lie in the bed with dogs you might wake up with fleas that's all i'm saying but we had a lovely moment facetiming with my favorite child whose name i did forget right now because i don't feel like googling it but i did love seeing him talking to uh the other lady whose name i don't remember (laughs) christopher yes i'm like why did i not remember chris christopher yes it just took me a minute it's not because i don't love the character i love christopher so i was really happy to see him once again um even if it was for a second because that's all they gonna give him <laughs> and then i have to say the mvp of the episode was hen's facial expressions during that whole hollywood sign rescue between the quarantine drama i didn't really care too much about them going back and forth like oh i love you and you love like i could tell that from the beginning when She was like you always got me coming up in places don't tell me where you're gonna go and he's like oh it's something 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 and then he starts taking the defense of her and then starts me mugging i was like oh yeah i know what that's all about that's why he's miserable he's like i want to do you not only that i'm in quarantine and there's only one woman here (laughs) there's only so much vaseline like, I'm not even sure if he's really in love with her or his options were so limited that he ended up falling in love with her because she's in close proximity. I don't know, but I kind of feel where he's coming from because i give you some dick so bad. I'm not going to get any anytime soon. And I know this. I know this. And yet, and yet, my droughty ass just can't seem to stop bringing it up. So the thirst train of being thirsty that that was funny and then them just falling out at the end was kind of weird too because she was like oh I just said it to him to say it back and then she he's like well sound like you did really mean it so now they're gonna go back and then they're gonna come back next season they're gonna be a poly fam <laughs> but hen's facial expressions had me rolling like she was like can we hurry up um can we <laughs> She was like, "It. I'd be anywhere else but here." But also, why didn't anybody bring me no wine, cheese, and crackers? <laughs> Cause I need all of that for what is unraveling here. She just kept saying, "The plot twist, motherfucker. The plot twist." And that is nine one one this week. Let's move on to Mixed-ish Season 2, Episode 1. Sweet Child of Mine. Yes, I did like that song. Directed by Todd Bierman. Written by Jordan Reddout. Is that really his name? (laughs) And Gus Hickey. I gave this episode a 9.8 out of 10 as well. So no, we had two really great episodes. I forgot I rated this one so high. I was laughing like crazy on this entire episode because one we finally got to get a johan plot driven story yes bo is in the background i've been wanting that since kind of towards the end of last first season because i want to see what's going on with these other two children i don't want to see the bo story every week and it's nice to see the other children have challenges that they have to push through we start in 1986, apparently Heal the World. Was that it? Was behind uh, Jordan Peele's Us. I have never watched that movie because I don't do scurry shit. And that is a scary movie. I've only seen the meme where he's like, we can get it with a baseball bat. <laughs> um, Mom makes Partner and paul is finally out of the house in those horrible ass hippie outfits he is finally paying towards that mortgage that they both probably aren't paying on he is now a high school teacher Uh uh-oh he about to be michelle pfeiffer up in here (laughs) got a straight up compton classroom but all the family members come together to watch things like dukes of hazard chasing cops the good old boys with a confederate flag on the car they did not see the troubles with this I have never watched the dukes of Hazzard* because i peeped that confederate flag immediately i was like what the fuck is what is this show about <laughs> why <laughs> why is there a confederate flag on the car someone explained this reasoning to me this is on primetime tv and we wonder how we get here in 2021 while a story about the forgotten child johan is what i wrote in my notes rainbow wants to help her brother now that she is 13 and not as bratty anymore and brings the parents or brings to the parents attention that he has been called a really bad word they all assume that it is the n-word because what other really bad word that you can't even say is so bad would it be i love this episode focusing on this on how the parents react to the racism in the world and then how the children react to it especially someone who's a little bit younger being Johan it doesn't necessarily know what it means or not really reacting to it he doesn't have the same concepts of race and then the parents thinking oh my god did we tried to clear the rainbow so much that they don't know that they're black <laughs> like all of that is very relevant points that you're bringing up as you're raising mixed children i bring that up my daughter all the time because for 10 years she stayed we stayed in indiana and then we stayed in predominantly white neighborhoods and then she came to indiana or ohio and we've lived here what three years now yeah just about three years and i knew when i was making the move it was the right choice because i was like she needs her black uh ancestors she needs some black roots she don't know she has no idea she's she knows something is different she just doesn't know what it is and then the minute she's in around black people or hispanic people or she's in a mixed crowd of people she's like oh yeah i'm black (laughs) i could definitively say i'm black um so there is that that whole idea of just because you want to Adhere to a higher standard of viewpointing other races and your own race, that you still need to have that racial identity. And the fact that they never incorporated that with Johan, he really never, and still doesn't in a certain way by the end of this episode, have a grasp of, I am a black man. I'm sure it's going to come with time, but that they are realizing that their experience getting there is going to be different i thought was a really great lesson to be learned throughout this um but yeah uh what was the first time you were called a racist slur (laughs) because i remember my first time (laughs) and i will honestly say i had the same if not um less uh yeah no i probably had the same reaction that johan did like so you want to go do this I was walking down the street I was maybe 15 or 16 and this guy came by on a bicycle (laughs) and he said you fucking niggers and it was me and my sister standing and I remember just looking at my sister like did he just call and then I kept thinking this motherfucker on a bicycle and he's like 50." i have not in real life heard anyone say it to me to my face <laughs> probably because come on now hey like, there are some crazy people out there but most of them most of them for the uh, again can act right like they might hide behind and that's what 2020 did it just brought them to the forefront they were like oh or, i won't say 2020 i might as well say trump brought them all they was like yeah we got someone in the white house that we could come out of our hiding and yeah now they're labeled terrorists in some countries this one needs to get it the fuck together uh so i don't walk around hearing that n-word uh, i probably have said it more than actual any other person saying it as a racist slur at me but i'm curious to see what other people's experiences are Um, if you want to just you know respond to the podcast in writing or you just want to comment below or text me privately I just kind of wonder in that moment how many times you've had to deal with being called racist slurs and I'm sure it's where you are at too geographically I came from Indiana where it was more looks like I felt more racial tension and indiana but in ohio for the most part on the west side especially yeah it's pretty intermingled um not not too many people throw it out uh racial slurs back if anything i would say the mexicans would probably because they're attacked on both sides yes black people are racist too i have to check my mom all the time like black people are really racist against foreigners in my experience that i've been around in my 37 years i can only speak from me but man i've had to check her many times like you can't say that you you just can't say that and that you don't know why you can't say that is problematic to me ma'am because if they call us an n-word, you is ready to fight and you always assume they are even when they're not so santee wanting to say it and then it's like i'm gonna say it then kind of being like i'm not gonna get in trouble for saying it, <laughs> it was so cute because even she's like i have a line and i'm and like this seems like really bad except he wasn't called the n-word but a beaner and then you got fucking Didi, but you're not mexican oh my goodness oh my damn oh my goodness then harrison's raggedy ass talking about unless you ain't really the daddy <laughs> he's like i told you stop it you can't keep saying shit like my wife is right there <laughs> and then Didi says look I don't want to have to dress up like a ten-year-old and fight a kid. It's happened before, (laughs) and I'm like, girl, I feel that. I feel that so hard. I've I've had that exact same. Like, I will send a friend of a friend (laughs) snatch your ass up. Don't fuck with my kid. Of course, she's like, it's bad and or. Why do I always forget? I swear, that's the one name I forget every time in this show, and that's Bo's mama's name. And I don't know why that is. I always forget her name. I would Google it, but I'm kind of lazy right now. My phone is all the way across the room. But they decide that they need to speak to him about this because although it's not the N word, it's still bad. And so Paul throws mom under the bus to explain. (laughs) and she said it's legume based so we need to do a sidebar because we need a presentation for this because i'm already failing i love that he's like yeah i ditch you in your time of need but at the same time trying to make her feel good about her response paul he's like yeah i totally that was my that was my fault i panicked i threw you under the bus but you did the best you could Bo tries to get johan to open up about what he's feeling but he says i'm fine because i'm stunted (laughs) i'm emotionally stunted but i do want to learn karate didi said we in a second location talking about johan's light skin problem still (laughs) and she concludes this isn't as bad as the n-word which everyone kind of agrees but they're missing the point was that he was called a name in the first place like, it doesn't matter if he was poopy head. He's still seemingly being bullied, but they need to just figure out what's going on, not just from a Johan perspective. <laughs> they need to be like, why is people picking with you? So she tells them to accept the tropical storm <laughs> instead of the feelings of the hurricane. But it won't be a hurricane if he doesn't understand what either really mean. He doesn't know the difference because that's what I put it in my notes also he walks in on his mom accidentally in the shower (laughs) and paul saying so how often does that happen oh often creeper oh man this is when it just got even funnier for me because when the parents check in they find out he has been passing himself off as mexican not correcting anyone on their assumption that he is mexican and so they were in fact calling him a racist slur just not the race appropriate slur since he's been rolling with the assumption i've been passing as a mexican but not passing spanish (laughs) oh santa monica's side hustles when Bo go up to her and start telling her like who why would you decide de- de- um deceive people like that and then she's like oh i call aunt dd until i'm in front of the line, <laughs> like i got so many side hustles going on Bo's like i'm the only person in this house that has any morals and i'm glad that the sisters are talking because that is something i think that they are utilizing really well this house because uh, you could tell when things are being filmed after covid and if you utilize it well enough it it it, it, it works out like i didn't feel like anything was choppy it was very seamless dd saying the kids ate your chips by kids i mean me by chips i mean your laundry detergent <laughs> i was like why are you my sister (laughs) no why are you my mother my mother will just go in my refrigerator and take things out and she won't even tell me and i'll go in there looking for them four days later and then i'll be really you know thinking about my own mental health like did i have that and then i'll just be randomly like wait a minute that heifer was in my did you take oh i was wondering when you was gonna notice what do you mean you was wondering (laughs) why you just take stuff from me Dizzy also tells them this is because they went to the commune and he has no black pride so they ditch Dukes of Hazard for <laughs> the color purple with only rainbow cosigning until it ends and Santi is traumatized and Johan thinks that being black sucks. <laughs> Pause here because my mom tried this shit too. I, look we gotta stop. I have not... Don't tell your kids, and I, I, I know I'm starting to end in sentences, but seriously, don't make your kids sit down and watch Roots, and you don't prepare them for that shit. <laughs> or in class, they fucking go just turn on Amistad, like, you know, it's Black History Month, so we're going to play Amistad. Like, you can't just toss that shit on kids without a lot of context, because they don't know what the hell they're supposed to do, like. I knew there was the Atlantic sh- slave trade, you know, but start at the beginning and work their way. <laughs> Just don't toss them in the middle of that or color purple. What the fuck? Why would you start there? Why would that's why Dee Dee was shaking her head? Like, why would you do this? You we and every parent do that, though. They're like, yeah, if you black, you got to watch uh, Roots because you got to know who Kuta Kinte is. I don't even know who Kuta Kinte is to know that there was Atlantic slave trade. <laughs> actually it's probably a better job to do it (laughs) with actually actual documentary footage like don't put on a fucking movie that's only going to exasperate and it's not to say that they don't have ties especially for the those time periods but it, it can be a little much especially one of these 13 12 yeah no I would never put on I have yet to put on any type of slave movie for my daughter it's not no she gonna learn educationally what went on with black folks and I will tell her all the time like we can have these conversations but I'm not about to put on a movie to teach you that's not no but i laugh because it does feel like the black experience that you will sit down and it's time for you to learn about your blackness let's play a whole bunch of black movies that totally is going to tell our whole story it's like no that's not the whole story <laughs> there was that's black that's the black american story actually and while it did last for a long time and influenced the rest of this cult country that we live in it certainly isn't the the, the full story you know you weren't you weren't um just made black in America. <laughs> you were black in other places. Um you were black for a long time. You fucking are the cradle of humanity if we really want to get down to it. But we don't talk about that. We talk about what? The slave trade cuz it's the only focal point that people want black identity to be founded around in this culture cuz it continues a mindset of oppression and it, it leaves you sta it leaves a, a generation continually staggered upon a problem versus moving emotionally past that and it's not to say that we don't still have issues stemming from that time period but when are we going to shift it like and that's kind of where i always say like it is the american experience but it's not a war like slavery in itself is not just a black experience there's been many slaves uh over the course of in the time of history um so there there needs to be that you know to be an actual intelligent person that can go up and supersede and, and become people like Kamala Harris uh that isn't is able to see more of the three-dimensional picture and not just the you know being in that sympathetic moment of where our culture came from if I'm making any sense but um yeah i laughed my ass off because they were legit <laughs> even santi was like what the fuck why would you do this to us <laughs> um then we find out that johan has insulted everything even further by developing an actual mexican accent that he has been using <laughs> has been planning his quincea uh, his uh, quincear- uh i think that's the right word but i'm not sure and that you know the person that because they were like man black people will recognize you as being black and then he was like well the person that called me to slur was black <laughs> so that's like stephanie to a whole other thing too mind you because there's always the like i just said <laughs> black people are racist too and they find they was like no maybe he wasn't his name's lavar yeah yeah he definitely black <laughs> so that idea that black recognizes black i hear it on the phone all the time all the time there'll be a few i will say maybe seven eight out of ten you would definitely tell when black recognizes black but it's just how you speak um or the terminology you use uh that maybe like yeah only black people say that but there are times I'm on the phone with a black person and they think I'm absolutely and utterly white because I have um people would say you have a white voice no it's not a white voice because there is not such a thing as a white voice uh I use my pronouns I use complete complete sentences when I can <laughs> it's not to say I don't stumble on my words I am not a uh, actual uh, speaker you know however there are those that don't recognize um your identity or your race especially if you have features that don't align because everything we do is based on some reality of stereotype so of course you look at johan he's got the curls and he's dorky and yeah he don't look like a black boy he could pass for several different races if i'm being honest because those curls now i personally know mariah carey so i'm looking at those curls being you gotta be mixed with something they just don't know what he's mixed with (laughs) and so they just fell into mexican since he allowed everyone to think he was fucking mexican so he created this whole fucking problem they think and talk out in the yard that their kids um are black but they've been drawing from how they're perceived as their parents and the adults versus the kids and how they perceive themselves and how other kids are going to perceive themselves even black kids and that's true because i walked in the nursery with my dark ass and i'm looking at this white ass baby with blue eyes and blonde hair and i said who this? who this? not my baby and i'm thinking half the time people i mean i would always take photos of my daughter i i could probably and uh maybe if i think about it toss one up online of me and my daughter when she was really young and i mean (laughs) it definitely does not look like i am her mother (laughs) as she's gotten older sure but i'm thinking people thought i stole this child you you do you're like what are other people thinking with me being dark-skinned or you know and i had it sometimes when i'm in a line with people where they're like they don't know if that's my daughter or not or if she's just some kid with me uh or i'll say or no because i had a little kid do this in her school granted this is the predominantly white uh school where i came in and they was like who's that and my mom my daughter's like that's my mom and they're like really but she's so dark I wanted to snatch that kid up. But I'm like, I know your parents have Trump signs in front of they, their houses. It's not your fault. <laughs> and I was very kind to of this little kid. And I said, you know, sometimes when mommies and daddies <laughs> I did, I broke this kid down. Um, you know, I said her dad is it looks like you, white kid. And <laughs> uh, I look like um she's like but and, and I and, and I he was just curious which any kid should be curious about it's so easy to get that uh punch experience of you know this little fucking kid he's just being but he only knows and that that's that part of if you can get in there and teach him something that's different and it sticks you never know what you know how you affect people what your what experience might get them to see things differently than what their parents have seen them and we've seen this online a lot of times that you got children who are like my fucking parents are racist and this that and the other thing and they take great joy of pointing out how they're racist but they love them so of course they're going to try everything they can to change their mind but they they still maintain their own identity and that's because they've had other experiences out in the world away from their their protective circle that says no that's not okay that's not right I've talked to someone and she was guess what kind and generous and compassionate and she explained to me the difference and I got it I got it so I don't know if I affected that kid's life but I can at least optimistically think I did because I know my reaction was one of maturity and left an oppression that's not going to be like your parents were right. I will say Bo did a good job of breaking it all down to Johan like basically you can't pretend to be someone else it's not okay you're representing someone that you that is inauthentic and you're disrespecting someone else's culture you have your own culture if you feel someone uh, mislabeled you then it is your job to correct them not to sit there and accept it and continue the mythos and that's basically where we end the episode for the most part there was a a ladder scene with Dee Dee that I laughed about But I can't remember it right now because I didn't write it down in my notes. So, on to probably our least favorite episodes episodes four and five of season three FBI. So this might actually be the last time we talk about FBI and this is why I miss Kristen. I started watching the show for Kristen as far as wanting to podcast on it. Now I will probably still watch FBI on my own. However, between Mimi having hypoxic seizures on her absolute dislike of Maggie, And this new chick just really not doing it for me to the point where I don't even write her down when she's on screen. I just don't feel like podcasting on it. Is that to say another show will take its place? Probably not. I will leave it out for the audience to decide. I'm not totally against continuing it in the den. However, um, right now I'm not as compelled to continue it. So let me know what your feedback is. Uh, just comment wherever. But we'll start with episode four, Crazy Love, written by Rick Eed and Tamara Jaren, directed by Jean de Segazoc. It's a nice name. 7.6 out of 10. Um, no, 6.2 out of 10 is what I gave this episode. <laughs> the next episode got a 7.6 uh, out of 10, and we'll get there. Uh, soon i just i miss kristen that to me she really and i love jabal those are two are my highlight and and, um scola and it's not that i need a whole bunch of stories on the other ones i'm just not as engaged when they're not the focal point of the stories let's start with the case Alright, a girl's 15 year old kinsietta she is killed doing or all along with her mother who was protecting her and at first it is considered a hate crime but after they very quickly id the killer um and kill him <laughs> they realized that it wasn't they were collateral for the waiter that they were trying to kill who they end up locating hold up at his aunt's house hiding from someone named jose who is a drug dealer, who is so in love with this girl and jealous of her relationship with him that he sends a prison mate that's also a racist to kill him and the whole thing fails. What I do not get is not taking the waiter into custody even for 24 to 48 hours while they check out his story instead of leaving him at his aunt's house, especially after he pulled a gun on an officer and you just gave him your card. That didn't make no sense to me. The thing I cared most about in this episode was my SWAT man getting shot. When he took a bullet, I was like, what is going on? I need the whole, need the whole story on what is happening with the sexy SWAT team. I don't know none of the men's names, but they look so sexy when they be doing their scenes. And when he got shot, I was like, ah, no, not him. I don't even, was John? i don't care whatever generic name they gave i was more emotionally involved in this entire episode getting to his hospital bed than i was about anything that was happening (laughs) and i didn't get it and i was pissed when nestor was once again shoehorned into the plot and investigation this episode took an absolute dive i don't like nestor I don't like him I don't know why they're trying to build this relationship and this whole thing with fucking OA which leads into my next fucking um the next wrap-up because I don't have much to say about these um Clean Slate was written by Claire DeMores directed by Rose Troche who worked on Star and Black Lightning I will never watch Star or Empire because I do not do shows that sing or um (laughs) they just don't interest me in the same way that the have have nots didn't in the same way that that show called the oval does not this is trash tv (laughs) for someone definitely not me uh i guess grace harris is kidnapped and it's a typical kidnapping case with a few twists um father ben has secrets which are discovered after they get his fingerprints from a what was it a ball they found by the by the home or so i don't know uh, the first case or the first lead in the case leads to a drunkard named don kirkpatrick who was witness to the kidnapping but didn't do anything because he was drunk <laughs> but he's able once he's sober to lead them to where uh the abduction happened Ben, ben his whole story he served time as a juvenile for killing a 10 year old girl named lucy when he was 12 and was released when he was 18 and his record was sealed he had changed his name changed his life became a defense attorney and got rich but explains that the murder was more of an accident um that he went to this camp on scholarship and was constantly taunted and bullied and no one would help him and this little 10 year old girl named lucy came for him So he shoved her but he didn't mean to shove her actually off a cliff because he didn't know they were that close to the ledge. He eventually has to confess to his wifey Rhonda all about this who doesn't know what to do and got her almost got her ass killed because this was all a lure to get Ben to come because guess who the kidnappers are? It's Lucy's junkie brother uh Ray and he blames Man, for everything that went wrong in his life since his mother committed suicide and his family collapsed he became a junkie so he was going to make him suffer by killing him and then just not caring what happened to his child but um it turns out after Ray catches a bullet for all of his misery they are able to track down Gracie and she's found in the trunk of the roommate's car and then the whole maggie and Nestor back and forth plot with oa man you know what i'm tired of you i'm tired of this shit. i will say very rarely do dick wolf play shipper bait like he doesn't do that in his show so i'm a little surprised and taken aback that he is in fact because it's very prominent oh i went and got you lunch oh you went out and had suit like OA was being a little bitch I'm sorry (laughs) everyone in this storyline was acting like I will say I gave more credits for OA in the second one like what do you like in the first one like what do you mean I'm not about to fucking arrest it to so Nestor can build his case fuck him your personal feelings are involved in this. And him going above and telling Izbio... Well, the right thing to do. But it came off because of the other little dialogue they put in there. As a petty, I'm jealous of your boyfriend. Other than, no, this is my fucking job. And you're obviously conflicted because your pussy's talking. Like, there, But there was no way for you to be like... Oh, you don't like shrimp? I heard you don't like shrimp. So bitch, she can't open herself to new experiences? Because she told you one day she didn't like shrimp you gonna talk about oh you don't like sushi why who is this when, since when do you like sushi why do you feel the need to do these things why do you feel the need to be jumping in Nestor's ads or ass every time you go why do you need to bring him with you every time maggie that you go see your boyfriend all of these things are just to create tension in a three in a, in a three-way t- uh, triangle that does not need to exist and i already know that some of the reasons why is cause she's white. That Maggie that, that that cause look, Mimi already came out and said it. I don't need to say it for her. She ain't came and said it because it's a white woman. She just don't want to see it right now. Fine. That is all valid for you, but it doesn't even make sense to context. Fuck the race shit. Why are we having a triangle that should not be a fucking triangle? and i already know the hateful things <laughs> i'm just waiting for her. i'm just gonna let mimi vent because she gonna say all the hateful things that kind of i'm feeling at the moment but not because i don't again I, we've already had this debate many times i don't dislike maggie as much she's fine if they want to put this shit off they could have did it with anyone else it did not need to be her partner and that's where i don't like they don't have that chemistry for me they don't the, i don't want that shit to ever happen <laughs> just never it doesn't No, those you can pl- the only ship i ever saw that happening with was fucking benson and stabler and even he had enough sense to be like no because you're partners and you can't do that that's simply it's not if you're going to go a romantic route you simply cannot be partners anymore they, they I, I i firmly believe that because that's the that's the bait for every tv show you're a male and you're female so you must be fucking or being in a romantic relationship and it doesn't need to be the case and it's not to say because i I know people are like well you and christian and scola hey i take the bullet on that but i shit black people with everybody (laughs) that's not to say if it happened in the show i would be totally like i would enjoy it because it's what i wanted but if people said this shouldn't said the same argument i'd say the same thing you're right I'd have to concede that that is absolutely correct. They should not really be fucking each other. There should not be any romantic tension. It just doesn't need to be there. That's why we want to know these people outside of their jobs. And what makes those special connections is because it's a life or death situation all the time. Tossing romance in there is just silly. And that's why you have things like the Nestor and and Maggie situation where she's doing something because her boo asked her to versus her job. But I'm just gonna let them vent about all of that. I'm, I'm probably not even gonna comment on it because I don't want to get bogged down because it is one episode versus many episodes that they've been doing this. This is the only one where I felt, yeah, this was absolutely irrelevant to the plot. And thus, didn't, and I feel like there's way too many episodes that were shoehorning in Nestor. Like, no, you didn't all of a sudden, two seasons, we didn't need any cross. Breeding with another department, but because you're dating someone from this department, now we need to have a storyline that doesn't need to be there. And what happened to OA's girlfriend? They just gonna write that out. We didn't go show that anymore. They didn't break up. And then every time when she was like, that's what the part I don't like, and and that's because you have those stands, because that's what's driving that, and it's those stands, and that's where you feel it in the script. And I don't like those stands driving. The actual plot. That should never ever be a thing. So that's all I have to say about the Den episodes this week. Let's jump into the feedback.
0: What up, Christina? It's Mimi sending in feedback for the Den. Um, I think it's just um, FBI and mixed ish. I did not watch episode five of uh, FBI, and I'm not gonna um i'll if i feel like i need to i'll tack it on to next week's um but i honestly um i don't even know if i'm going to continue watching fbi because um this last episode really bothered me and you actually will probably be surprised as to why i don't like it um i'm gonna start with mixish because um i was really happy to have this show back i love mixish It's a nice comical relief to, you know, the irritating day by day um, experience of my life right now, especially uh, revolving around my job. So um, it was one of the first things I watched. Um, This is season two, episode one. This was the season opener Um, and it basically was uh, revolved around um, Johan telling every or just allowing people to think he's Mexican um the episode was funny and you know I I guess I guess it was you know supposed to you know be around the concept like I I guess I like the way Rainbow brought it up you know that you know you denying who you are is denying me you know but him saying you know it's it's frustrating you know with the follow-up questions you know you're black and white are you more black than white are you, you know I get that and those are the kind of questions I want to talk to my son about because the thing that is hard for people to understand is like nowadays being like they didn't even call them biracial when I was younger they were literally mixed and people act like you can only be mixed with black and white but you know there are A lot of different types of biracial people there's you know people that could be Asian and white they can be um, Hispanic and white you know so being biracial I do like that terminology better even though you know someone could be tri-racial I don't even think that's a thing but um, it does bring up a good question my son however is black presenting I see him all the time around little boys that are both parents are black and he blends right in. I know that he's biracial um and he knows at this point that his dad is white um but I don't think everyone knows that. So I feel like there's questions that I want to ask him. I, I mean he's 9, he'll be 10 and I know he knows more that I'm giving them credit for, but it's one of those things that's really hard to understand. So that's one of the reasons why I like this show so much, because it brings up issues that I might not even ever consider something to be an issue, um, and it's something that being, you know, mixed like he is, it, you know, it might come up. So it, it's good to, you know, have some type of inkling, but by, by someone who's mixed you know something that might be an issue later on he's in elementary school and his like right now it's it's e-learning so you can't really i can't really use his schooling as an excuse but um his school is pretty mixed when it comes there's, there's a lot of black kids and i know when i was younger i was one of the only black faces around so i never wanted that for my son but um He's never been thought of as anything other than black. I don't know if people call it mixed, so, you know, Johan being considered um, Mexican is something that I don't think I'll ever have to worry about with him. But this episode was pretty entertaining because, first of all, I missed me some Santi. I really did. And she had me dying throughout this episode with her walking black i'm the blackest person in this house i was like oh she walked black that you know leave it to Didi. Dee Dee, lord have mercy and then she was like you know johan was called something that was terrible and then <laughs> paul guy he got a book oh my god like i he is a hot mess and i love it <laughs> he was prepared he was like y'all i this day is gonna come and i'm gonna be ready i am gonna be able to talk to my child about being called the n-word but they wasn't ready for him (laughs) Sati santi was like i'll say it wait am i gonna get in trouble and she was like called him a beaner like okay and then they were like well that's a bad word but it's not really bad because you're not really mexican so And I think it's funny that they assumed it was a white kid that said it because black kids are dicks as well. And I've heard black kids say, you know, I don't know if it's one of those things. I have no idea how it starts, but I know when I was growing up, there were the bullies that I remember seeing were black kids, black boys bullying um dorky white kids or like asians or hispanics and you know they do they have i've heard them say some racial slurs and you know i don't think it's fair for people especially black people to act like being called the n-word is the only derogatory slur that they have like calling someone a beaner or you know i i've heard people call an asian person a chink like You can't assume that that don't have the same kind of effect on them as being called a nigger has on us. Because it's still a derogatory slur and it's wrong. So I think the important lesson that I've learned from this show is I need to explain to my son that calling anybody anything like that is not okay. And just don't be acting like the N-word is the worst. Oh, that's the only word that really hurts. No, all of them are rude and all of them are wrong, and I don't want you saying any of them. I remember having a conversation with my little sister because her son is white presenting, and I know I've told you that. And the older he gets, like, he has not gotten any darker. Granted, his hair is curly, but it's blonde. (laughs) He looks white as hell, and I keep telling her, like, he's, I think he's gonna pass. His hair is curly, yes, but white kids got curly hair too so i was like um i wonder what's going to happen when you know i wonder if he's ever going to be called the n-word um i hope he like and the it's even going to use it people are going to be thinking he's like white and he's not allowed to and she was like well i don't want him using it at all i don't agree with that word and i don't think we could just use it casually and i was like well that's fair but her son is going to go through a whole different kind of mixed kids problems than i feel like my son did because he looks white and that'll be interesting i hope they talk about that on mixes because the question that i come up with is like you know you see like you see those like the girl who plays uh uh rainbow's sister when she's that plays santi when she's older um that's uh rashida jones i was watching the office for the first time and she was in that playing an italian woman so fuck your daddy huh like you just gonna be white and that's something that i always been curious about white passing mixed kids like what kind of stuff they go through how does your parents feel about you being an actress and you playing a white person i know that if my son was white passing and he grew up and took a a job where they thought he was white and he didn't correct them i would be upset because it's to me it feels like you're denying me that means that you don't even you don't even care about me like you're black because i'm black and i'm your mom like i don't know those are the kind of questions that i'd be so curious about and that's one of the reasons why i love this show there was some other things but i at, when i was watching this show i was in my exhaustion mode so i didn't write notes but I did I did think it was a good one and I did like the way Paul and Alicia handled the the race thing I like the way they tackle things as as a as a a unit um, and not like okay you handle it because you're black but they both feel like they need to use their you know voice and speak to their kids as a a a united front on these issues and i do really like that about this show and i did like how harris knew that he had nothing to 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 do with this like you can't help this so you just need to be you need to back out um and then i don't remember the dukes of hazard but it sounds like it was a pretty country bumpkin show and if they had a confederate flag on the car that should be enough to make Dee Dee not want to watch it. So now I'm curious. I don't really care enough to, like, look it up, but was it really that good? And it's Duke's a Hazard where, Day- like, I remember someone saying Daisy Duke, and that's where the short's name came from. So is that what that show, was there a Daisy Duke on there? Anyway, um, that's all I got. I'm going to stop talking about the this because it's only a 30 minute show, but I'm rambling on forever. Um, the last thing, let me just talk about, um, oh, let me just talk about, uh, what the heck is the name of that show? Um, uh, FBI. So let me just talk about why I didn't particularly like this episode. Now the episode itself wasn't too bad. Like the, um, I don't know what, I think this is season three, and we're on, this is episode four, if I'm not mistaken. I'm almost positive that's what it is. But um, the thing I, d- like, I like the storyline. You know, we, you know, the guy, um, They he accidentally hired a racist guy to um, kill uh, the dude's, the guy who is, like, flirting with the dude's girlfriend. Okay, I get it um but he fucks up and kills the the mom and the daughter first of all this criminal was dumb as hell and he clearly didn't care about dying because he went out in a glaze a blaze of glory like he was like i ain't going back to jail fuck this shit and he just shot an fbi agent coming coming for his ass so he was clearly he was reckless but the fact that he thought it was a better idea to go in a party look for the waiter and just shoot at random instead of waiting for the waiter to get off work or go to the bathroom or take out the trash you didn't you sir are fucking stupid and the fact that you hired this dumbass idiot shows how dumb you are and for someone who's so smart and paranoid and you know moving his ranks up in the gang you're pretty stupid too I don't understand why you would use something like that. I I guess using a racist person makes sense, but that guy was dumb as hell. His whole plan was stupid. Unless he just wanted to shoot every Mexican because he didn't give a shit, which is possible. But he missed his target and he only killed two people at a whole ass party. So he wasn't even a good aim. But the reason this episode was draining to me was because every interaction we had with OA, Maggie, and then her boyfriend just didn't come across re- like it just it seemed like they were forcing a, a reaction or a relationship that never was what it was like whenever we've seen OA and Maggie in any of the previous seasons they had a partnership you know the way he brought her uh, a wrap that she likes and she was like oh so-and-so I ate already and, and had sushi when do you like sushi like Really, like I feel like a normal partner would be like, well, well, just take it and you can eat it later. That would have been in that conversation, or you know, oh, you like sushi? I didn't know you like sushi, but like the way he had like that snide, rude, like jealous tone annoyed me and that was just the beginning it just progressively got worse it's like why are you making him sound like a jealous ass boyfriend a jealous ex-boyfriend and not just a partner like everything about the interaction between OA and Maggie's current boyfriend was him being jealous for absolutely no reason and it's not like you know we saw them in a in an area where they were almost maybe dating or they had hard eyes or they went out on a date and there was a moment there was nothing like that so why are they making him act like this i i didn't like it like it was so it was so dramatic and unnecessary like if they wanted him to be like a concerned partner he shouldn't have been acting that way and then for him to get mad because Yes, you had the guy murdered three people, but he's a drug dealer. And those drugs are killing all people all over the place. So you got to hold out for five days. Okay. He said, it's not me. It's the DA. That should have been the end of the conversation. He should have went to his boss and said, we need to pursue this. And when she said no, because the Rico case takes president, that should have been the end of it. Why are you getting mad and all in his face and then throwing shade at, you know, it using this re- like drug dealer relationship to compare to maggie's like why are you acting like this it was so hard for me to watch like i was getting irritated with oa and i don't want to like i don't want to watch a show where the person that you know the way he's you know been so caring and everything now he's being jealous because now maggie's happy and we're, he's not supposed to like it and then at the end they want to pacify us by saying oh, I'm Egyptian and I'm overprotective. No, that's not what the fuck you were. You were acting like a jealous boyfriend. And why, though? That doesn't make sense. And then thinking everything he's done is being motivated by him wanting a big promotion. Like, why do you, where's this coming from? Why do you feel this way? Did you uncover something? Like, I I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but seeing him like that made me not want to watch his show. Like, I know they tried to, like, patch it up at the end, so maybe this is the end of it, but it just seems like it came out of nowhere, and it was really, really irritating to watch, and that, like, it overshadowed everything that I don't even remember like i know jose ended up dying and then the girl was all sad but she sent the text to him because her boyfriend was gonna her drug dealer boyfriend was gonna scare him like even that was stupid but everything else was underneath my annoyance with oa this whole episode and then maggie like pretending like she doesn't see it like why aren't you like Why don't you say like, why are you, what's wrong with you? Why are you being like this? What, why don't you like him? What has he done to you? Tell me why you feel the need to constantly uh, nitpick at everything he does, like he's making his, he's doing his job, something, I, I don't know. And maybe they did have the conversation, but I was so irritated. Maybe I stopped listening. And that, that is absolutely possible. But like I said, I can't watch the next episode because I'm still so irritated with what I just saw. Like I might be absolutely wrong and the next episode might be great and that's what I'm hoping because I don't want to stop watching FBI but if this is the storyline I don't want to see it I don't because it doesn't make any sense we should not have to watch OA be jealous of Maggie when we had no kind of like what even he had a girlfriend last last, last season what happened to that we haven't even seen her he hadn't even brought her up like what the hell I hope we get more the rest of them because I don't want any more of this OA Maggie and her boyfriend love triangle because I'm not going to watch. Even if they have three seconds next next episode of them going at it and having their little jealous threesome, I don't want to do it. Like, no, not even a little bit. I like the actor that plays her boyfriend. I think he's very cute and I would love if, you know... He stays on the show. I still don't like Maggie, but that don't mean you know she can't have a boyfriend. Maybe that maybe her being in a relationship might make her more likable. Who knows? Maybe she'll be more humanist. Like instead of the savior all the time. I don't know. But like I said, I might be by myself with this. And I usually am. Like you and um Shy don't have a problem with these storylines, but I personally it Bothered me and it made it hard for me to watch because I just didn't like the way OA was acting, not even a little bit. It was so dramatic and out of nowhere that it bothered me. Um, so I, yeah, I'm just gonna end it here. Um, until next time, love, peace, hair, grease, and black girl magic, queen of the couch, Mimi out.
1: That was Mimi's feedback on two out of our three episodes. Mix, miss. Nine one 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 this week but we we got next week you can always join feedback and uh let me know you how you felt about the the second two-parter but uh i'm glad you brought up with a lot of great points you were bringing up during mixed dish. um black kids do bully <laughs> I, I said that in the podcast before i heard your feedback i grew up predominantly black mexican and vietnamese strangely enough a combination, but that was a, a great deal of my childhood, and yeah, the black people were the bullies. <laughs> I don't know what part of the country where. Well, clearly, I do know some parts of the country where uh, there's a reversal, but man, y- you couldn't be a white kid. I felt bad for the white kids because when you have schools that are predominantly black and Mexican, and you are the white kid, it's the other way around. So. It definitely depends on on your neighborhood on your geographical location it's not the same all the time and i definitely had that same experience and i continue with that like I, my mom still say shit out of her mouth. my sister says shit out of her my cousins say that they, they are racist um and yeah they're you're absolutely right they're they're so they're so on their blackness that they completely ignore the fact that they themselves have a great deal of issue with racism to other races i mean one of the worst also because i grew up in this uh predominant neighborhood was uh middle eastern and so they had corner stores all over the place and people would go in the stores my sisters include like and they do this and they charge it and i'm like mom do you have to walk in there you don't you make a conscious decision so then going into someone's place where they're trying to build their business to talk about them and what they're doing bitch go somewhere else I really hated that growing up with seeing that, um, a lot of my own household was in fact, so, you know, pro-black, but so ignorantly, um, talking about other people and races. you know, my mom, we go back and forth because, because if you, that's one thing I will say about the next generation them Gen Z's, I'm telling you, they don't give a fuck. They do not get, they don't have that. They don't, adhere to the same concepts because my mom would tell me well you know I grew up and didn't matter what your parents said you just never corrected them and I grew up in the millennial like well I don't think that I should have to not comment on everything especially as I'm an adult (laughs) what you're saying my daughter is like I'm fucking 12 years old I don't give a damn who you are who your relationship is I'm gonna fucking tell you don't talk like that like my mom will make little comments about gay people and my daughter don't fuck with she don't fuck with it she's like well you need to not say that period why do you feel the need that you need to comment like she's very confrontational on that because she it those lines are she just doesn't have any type of um she just doesn't have time for it Like, this is not what my life is about. This is not what I've been raised to believe. So I'm not going to accept. I don't have tolerance for that type of behavior in my life. And if you're going to be around me, then you better learn how to be tolerant. (laughs) And I think that that is a really good attitude to have. That's the kind of, and I will talk about this in Expanse, of what was pissing me off all season about Holden is he's got this dude running around him making a whole bunch of nothing but racist ass remarks about Martians, about Belters. And he thinks cause he's talking to an Earther that that's all right. And I'm glad we had like, I would have really been upset if they hadn't had a moment where, look, I get it, you fought in a war. So these enemies, you fought, bled and things and died in, in ways that I will never comprehend that inform why you may just reference them. like it's, it's an ingrained behavior, right? Okay, no one's checked you on this, but if you gonna still roll with me, like, I let it slide, I let it slide, and then you just keep getting more, like, bitch, no. This is the last time I try to be respectful to your experience, and it's not my job to teach you, but if you're gonna continue to be on my fucking ship, you got to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna allow you to keep doing that. It's disrespectful. You've already been called out on it once by someone else, now I'm putting my foot down. So I I, I appreciate that new idea of I'm not going to sit here and have to d- deal with your ignorance versus my acceptance of you as a person if you're gonna hang around me then I'm better not hear you if you're gonna do any and I not there and I not see you I can't speak to that but if you are gonna be in my orbit we don't fuck like this so yeah I, I love the pushback and the sh- uh, The fact that the show is bringing up the concepts if not directly addressing that and i think that's what is meant to be taken from any show it's like we ain't gonna tell you everything or give you all the answers but here's a good something you might want to chew on or think about um was there a daisy duke i think there was a daisy duke i never watched that show i was never into daisy dukes i was like these motherfuckers are all up in my crotch line i don't think it's acceptable And not only that, how is it okay for be hoes when you white women? (laughs) But a girl walks down the street with a mini skirt on and y'all asses is like, well shit, she looked like a hooker, that's on her. That's that she looked like a stripper, she chooses to do that. But y'all ass made a whole fucking line of clothing wear off of it. And doozy dukes ain't nothing but whole material shorts. They just are you put your hand out on the side of the road because you gonna give a blowjob to get in the damn car to get where you gonna go. You a hitchhiker. That's what Daisy Dukes and my association with Daisy Dukes are. <laughs> it's wrong, maybe, cause maybe that's not what it is. Maybe she just like, you know, these do not go in my crotch and they're very comfortable, fine. You can't work going and work with them sh- uh, shorts on though. What you do on vacation though is your business. So the point of it is, we have problems in America. <laughs> When it comes to culture, trending, whatever the case may be, why other cultures just stick with their actual culture? Like, yeah, we just have shit. We already spent five to six hundred generations before y'all even got fucking here, uh, ironing out. We'll give y'all some more time. Um, and what was you saying here? Oh, when you were talking about FBI. So yes, I owe you an apology. I thought you were going to be shitting all over Maggie. <laughs> um, and I won't say to me because in the next episode Maggie was pissing me off because you didn't watch um and I forgot that uh yeah the next episode Maggie's pissing me off and then the next episode they still have more of this Nagy Nestor thing which is why it was bothering me I don't hate Nestor but I think he definitely is like he's trying to tell his girl you need to check your partner (laughs) I don't know what this dude's attitude is but he always has it and if my ambitions are to get a promotion. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> what, was your only, uh, when you got in the FBI, did you only want to just be a service cop? No. So why the fuck does my ambition all of a sudden piss you off? Yeah, everything that had OA doing was trying to be a jealous boyfriend type of thing. And that just didn't, oh, I know you better. It was a, a cockfighting contest. And that is what I don't like seeing. I never want to see a cockfighting contest on TV. And we're supposed to be, Out here talking and helping other people i think for some reason they felt maybe the fandom really wanted this drama and they just gave in to the commentary because they had to make other adjustments for this season but i just don't and i'm glad you brought up that he has a girlfriend himself then he says he's overprotective yeah no that's not overprotective that's you stepping like stabler would never (laughs) and that is the most unprotective cop i've ever met in my entire life I mean he crossed some serious lines that's why ia used to be up his ass and then he'd be like why y'all being mad at ia stabler really be fucking crossing lines <laughs> they are right to be hostile towards him Ah, oh, i always love those storylines i miss sq when it was stabler and all my best people and before ice tea became uh disassociated from the color black but man uh this was a horrible episode uh for the the two and, and they're because they continue the confrontation over into the if it was one episode i think yes i'd be totally with you this is all away but then maggie continues to just give this dumb look on her face like she doesn't comprehend or i mean she just looks very confuddled <laughs> the whole entire time which is my issue with it um it's it's a really thing you need to tell him and I, and she did i will say I did know there was a noticeable scene where she was like look you need but I will say what I didn't like was the the case thing but I you know what you reminded me yes the DA said it's them yeah there wasn't anything to say so you going over I thought it was a different way and I could have misread it I thought he went over uh Isabel's uh over her head to Isabel because like they was giving them more time but it wasn't ran through the DA but I may have missed that part so yeah it sounds like you're not really into F- continuing FBI. Like I said, I'm really not because I miss Kristen. I want more Jabal. I want more of the characters. And, and maybe those are the episodes that I may decide to just talk about when I'm more invested. But every week, the last the last two episodes, actually really three, just this season hasn't been hitting the same. And, and that's just, we can't, I've already said it 14 times. she she really was a little bit of a heart between um the doj and what was going on around everything else that it it fit better and having her missing there is just it's like they nailed me without the rossi (laughs) since we're all expansed up geared so uh that's mimi's thoughts on the episode let's hear what queen shy has to say
2: Hello Christina, it's me shy. I am here to celebrate the return of the den. We got three of our four shows back on the air. And yes, exciting times, exciting times. New Amsterdam doesn't come back for another month, but in the meantime, we have 911, FBI, and Mixedish. Um that are have returned to our screens um... trying to... I mean I didn't even think about this until right before I was about to record I'm like yeah last time we did the den um... I was emailing my feedback so I'm like how do I want to do this? So I guess just like anything else instead of you know breaking it down by episodes when there's more than one just break it down by show same old, same old, same as with the feedback so I mean with the written feedback So, I'll start out with 911 since that's the one I saw first and earlier in the week. And so, yeah, it's not as fresh in my mind as the other two shows. Um, This one was a cliffhanger from the previous week um, when they had the landslide, and Athena and I forget the lady's name um, got stuck in the house. And the house went sliding down the hill. So we got to see the aftermath of that. Of her her and the lady trying to get out. And her being able to call. Athena being able to call dispatch. Where um, long and behold we get Maddie. Yes. (laughs) Forgot her name last episode. Last feedback. But yeah Maddie. And May, um, I figured that would happen so wasn't too surprised in that regard. And of course, you know, I know in, you know I mean you know Maddie had Maddie May had her emotional outburst and you know she lost her composure but homegirl is eighteen years old and her mama is on the side of a hill potentially about to die. So, um, I will cut the girl some slack, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't think she should have been on that call, to be honest. Um, I think it should have been established once they realized that it was Athena, um, because of her inexperience and her age, that she should have sat that one out. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, that's definitely not the type of <clears throat> call you want to be doing on your first days. I, mean, I don't know how long she's been working there, but it, have, it must not have been that long. So, yeah, um, that's how I would have handled it. I wouldn't even have had her on that um, call to begin with. So, anywho, um, then we have the case of the missing baby, um, which turns out to be a, a legal adoption ring going on. In disguise, and luckily the uh, perpetrator was already dead, so good. I mean, I don't like to wish people dead, but at the same time, that was a um, yeah, horrible person. So we have Chen Chimney. Um, another carryover from the last episode with him being extra and trying to stay away from Maddie and the pregnancy because of COVID and not wanting anything to happen to her, the baby so of course we get Chin Chinney why am I saying Chin Chinney being involved in <laughs> being involved in um, delivering of a baby and going through that with that young lady and coming to the conclusion that Um, He needs to be there for Maddie, be there for support, and he shouldn't let his fears and insecurities get in the way of um, experiencing that with her. You know, Maddie needed his support, and he wasn't there. So, there's that. We find out that Buck is seeing a therapist for whatever reason. I guess we'll learn more about that later. And yeah, I heard what y'all were saying in the last feedback about, or was it Twitter? I don't remember um, how we were talking about it. Um, Eddie's character, he actually has some lines in this one. So um, I guess he's getting back in their good graces. Uh, And I actually forgot about that whole episode with the actor as well until y'all brought it back up so excuse me I didn't even think anything of the fact that he really didn't have a role in the first episode so but they showed him and Christopher in this one and um yeah that was a cute moment with him and his son and I think that's all I mean it was a nice conclusion to okay I had to pause there because my son decided that. He wants to call in the middle of me giving feedback. Anyways. Uh drama in the household today with my children. My children wanna act a fool. Anyways, uh what was I saying? I think that was it for my nine one one feedback. It was a nice solid um conclusion to the cliffhanger of the premiere and um Yeah, I can't remember. Unfortunately, I can't remember any more details. I just remember the overall themes of the episode. Um, So, moving on to FBI. Um, I'm reading how Mimi did not enjoy episode (laughs) 4 of this one. And, um, I will say, um, I mean, it wasn't horrible, the, I mean, the episode wasn't horrible, but I'm like, I'm trying to, I don't remember episode three, I must not remember episode three because I'm trying to find, figure out why OA was acting so extra in this one. I mean, it was like, I mean, did I just don't remember. I mean, it's been a while since, uh, episode three aired that I'm trying to figure out where this animosity and this anger towards Nestor is coming from because that I mean that's what threw me off in this one I mean he was like hostile and I mean he was acting like a jealous boyfriend and Nestor was treating him like a jealous boyfriend like it was just weird it's like out of the blue um that whole Dynamic, so unless I'm missing something, maybe there was something in the last episode that I'm not remembering, but that's the only thing that um threw me off about this one. Um, but it, you know, it was about the <clears throat> you know, the typical gangster girlfriend. You know, hooking up with a high school sweetheart and wanting to leave the gangster boyfriend to be with the high school sweetheart. And that's the other thing that was dumb about this. I mean, you know the dude is, you know the guy tried to kill you um, at the restaurant. Yet, you're going to try to meet her (laughs) somewhere. It it just, that part, it just didn't make any sense. Like, the Gabriel's rationale in this episode made no sense. So, not surprisingly, he got himself killed. I'm like, uh, dude, you know, you know, this woman is in this relationship with this guy who's, you know, tried to have you killed. And yet, you're gonna go off by yourself, meet her somewhere so y'all could go to Miami and not think that anything bad can happen even when um scola and tiffany um come to you and let you know what's going on i mean you just not going to take any precaution you know just in case something went you know something went wrong maybe jose got a hold of her phone maybe you know it's like you don't know what was going on it's like you know just yeah that whole thing just didn't make sense to me and then I'm like why would you go to a quince- quinceanera to to kill somebody like kill a kill a person that works there and then just shoot up the place it's like wait till the guy is on his way to the car or, or you know going into the building leaving the building going home like that didn't make any sense to shoot up a party a birthday party to get to one random person i mean i don't know if they were trying to disguise it um i guess because they're talking about they were um saying racial slurs but you can still do that without shooting up a party i mean you can scream out racial slurs it, while you shooting him while he's going in the building or leaving or, you know, leaving the building, <clears throat> so that whole thing uh, didn't jive well with me. Um, so yeah, it was a strange episode to be honest. I mean, it wasn't bad. Um, it just it was just off. I guess is the best way to put it. You know, especially again with the O A thing, um, and then the the. um the killer yeah it's just <laughs> yeah um but anyways um then we got episode 5 which I enjoyed a lot more than episode 4 This one was pretty much about secrets. We start off with um Maggie and Nestor um going out to dinner, having a date. And him and her finding out about him having kids which again it just I mean I get not telling someone in the beginning about you know you but you, about the fact that you have kids but he's the one that was pushing for a more serious relationship than she was um, if I recall correctly so you would think if you're pushing for that and then she starts you know one of the things you might wanna let her in on is the fact that you got kids so that didn't make any sense his reasoning for not telling her and especially when the kids it's not like the kids are with him or he gets them on the weekends or you know they're around they're not even there they're in Puerto Rico so even if even if things didn't work out between y'all um that didn't make sense not to tell her you know so I don't blame um I don't blame her for that one because his rationale uh was was flimsy at best yes again especially you know because uh as a single parent I can totally empathize. But my kids are with me. I have physical custody of my children. And so I'm not going to bring just anybody around my kids. But at some point, I do let the person know I do have kids. Um, But, yeah, I'm not going to introduce them to my children at any point in time um, in the beginning. But as as stated before, his kids aren't even there with him so it didn't make any sense not to let her in on that um and then she finds out that way Mm. anyways um of course this ties into the family the kidnap um kidnapped child that was uh in the room and so my thing with this is i mean uh, I, I just already knew once they said about his past, you know, that he went to juvie for killing this um, little girl. I already knew that it, it was. I, but I thought it was the father. I didn't know. I mean, I, I knew it was a family member, but I was thinking more the father was trying to get revenge on him uh, for what happened to his daughter, but ended up being the brother. And I'm still trying to figure out how he knew it was him I'm, I'm still fuzzy on that <laughs> like because the last time he saw the guy he was 12 years old and as an adult he's got a different name and I'm more than sure he looks different than when he was 12 so I don't know how the guy made that connection that that was him so that part is a little confusing. if they explained it I didn't catch it so um, by all means Christina enlighten me if that was explained but I didn't understand how they made that why how the guy made that leap um, that that was him especially the juvie records were sealed as they stated and he changed his name so um, and they didn't even get that information until they dug a little deeper um, into his past so Not quite sure how a drug addict got a hold of that type of information. Um, As for... Yeah, I mean, of course, he didn't tell his wife about his past. And that's the thing. Again, he was 12. I don't understand. I mean, I understand you wanting to move on and wanting to establish um, a new life for yourself. And you want to leave that in the past but at the same time, I mean, like, don't aren't there any questions that are asked? I mean, she didn't ask no questions. I mean, so he must've had to lie. That's the only way she could not know because that's the most formidable years of a person's life, your teenage years. I mean, they didn't talk about going to prom, having girlfriends in high school and all that stuff. I mean, none of that was brought up in conversation at any point in the 12 years they were together so yeah that didn't yeah that's anyway or i mean either it came up and he lied about it and so there goes that you know he crafted a whole other life to um cover up what his actual life was um so you know moral of the story as always is you start off with one lie and then you have to tell another lie to cover up you know to support the lie, the first lie that you told and then it just go on and go on and go on so um, I just didn't understand um, she sounds like she seemed like she was a reasonable person and if you expected the guy who sister you quote unquote killed to get have some understanding and empathize and try to empathize with him I don't understand why that same courtesy couldn't be given to your wife um and so that is you know that was just I don't know and then the wife again obviously I understand about the lies and all that stuff and you know him not telling um her sooner I get that part but I didn't understand the part about you know how she was upset with them in the here and the now like why would he make the connection that something that happened to him 20 years ago is coming back to haunt him like why would he make that correlation so I don't know why that would have came up in the here and the now but yes he should have told her way before now I do agree with that and she has every right to be upset in that regard but In regards to the kidnapping. I don't know how she expected him to make that connection. Um, But yeah. And I think that's it. um, For those two. uh, FBI episodes. And then we have. Mixed-ish. Which was a nice. um, Premiere. I mean it wasn't great. But it wasn't crappy either. It was just nice. Um, Which they were talking about passing. Um, we had Johan passing as Mexican because it. he stated that it was... And we actually got Johan getting focused for the first episode of the season. They actually focused on the forgotten child, the forgotten middle child. Because I promise you, he, you know, that was the uh, the theme from last season. Like, where's Johan? You know, he it was all about... Um, <laughs> Santana and Bo and not enough about Johan last season and maybe people maybe the powers that be heard those critiques and are going to try to focus a little bit more on the middle child um, but yeah so of course as always these this show you know brings up things that occurred with my oldest son who is mixed and the you know conversations that we've had over the years and continue to have um, in regards to being biracial in this country and yeah I do remember um, when he was younger that he that was a question of whether he was Hispanic he doesn't get it as much anymore Um, but yeah that was something that he would have to correct and i and i do get that you know um always having not always but having to explain and ask question answer questions about your race and you know people they are curious about it if you look a certain way and yes um my son had to deal with that um more so when he was younger every once in a while, like when he gets a haircut he gets it um more so now than before but yeah he doesn't get it as much even though he's yellow high yellow i'm wondering if because of covid if they're not going to show um the school you know the kids in school and the friends um if that's not something that they're gonna be able to do um, this season because uh, usually we see, you know, the kids in school and their friends and stuff like that. So this was, you know, basically just the family. Um, and even when um, Alicia went to work, it was just her at work. and They didn't show anybody else. So <clears throat> very curious as how the season is gonna pan out in that regard. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, of course, with the the climate of today, um, with things that have been happening, racial tensions, you know, me and my son, or all my kids, but um, my son being bi- my oldest being biracial, you know, we've had a lot of conversations, and I and I agree, and I and I understand um, what Alicia was saying because I've had that conversation with my oldest about, you know, in fact, even though he identifies as black, his experience as a, first of all, he's a black male, and then second, he's biracial, so his experiences as a black person is going to be different than my experiences as a, you know, black woman, um, dark-skinned black woman, so, yeah, and so i keep that in mind um when i have my, i have those conversations with my son because um it's the, our experiences they're not going to be the same um we're going to have some similar experiences but we're going to have some different experiences and those you know when we have those conversations those come up um those differences um in our experiences in the world again him being a male and then him being light-skinned. And, you know, him having quote-unquote good hair. And, you know, just all those different things that, you know, that... <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. That influences his decisions. Um, or his experiences, not his decision. Oh, that too, but his experiences. Um, I think i think that's it i mean that's what i mostly love about um the show mixage because it does bring up topics that you know either um i've been through or i know someone has been through um so these are good talking points to get conversations started or get the juices flowing in regards to um making you think on certain things um so yeah But that's all I have for the den, the four episodes, and um, on that note, much love. Until next time, sorry, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch. shy. That
1: was (laughs) my girl, uh, her shyness. Cause that's now why I want to keep calling her, uh, with her feedback on our four episodes, three or four, four episodes this week. Um, starting with, I mean, we've said everything about FBI. I think we're all on the same page there. Um, but you let me know if you're, cause you were more, yeah, the episodes weren't terrible. It was the interactions <laughs> between our main characters that were awful and i'm glad you brought her up her name was tiffany i just i want to like her i want to so much i do so hard i don't i just i can't find anything to like you something that um let me see uh mimi brought up too was about the criminal (laughs) like why are you so dumb as someone who has watched crime tv multiple upon multiple upon multiple times I can tell you criminals are stupid like anyone who was gonna take this job probably for five thousand dollars to go kill someone which isn't a lot of money (laughs) he probably called him up he already went to jail i mean he went down in a blaze of glory this guy is not thinking with his full arm brain he's thinking with half of it so when criminals do dumb things i'm like yeah that's entirely 90 percent of what would happen, <laughs> and that's why he called that one dude to do it, because he's like, yeah, they'll just write this off. A smarter, or, or, or I guess less inclined detective might have. Um, in regards to nine one one, uh, I didn't have as many comments about mixed dish. I think we already covered most of that too. Uh, great funny episode though. I, I really like that show. Like Mimi says, it's a good breather from everything else, and it really brings up some relevant points having mixed children but uh i got no slack for may man she jumped on that fucking call she was on the call she was supposed to be typing maddie got the call she inserted herself into that call like she went over to maddie's desk pressed buttons she ain't supposed to be put and put herself on that damn call ain't nobody put on that call she needs to calm her ass down and then you were talking about eddie having lines eddie had a cameo (laughs) eddie had a goddamn cameo that is what happened to eddie so we're going to leave it here uh, for this week. If you want to send feedback, you can send that to couch at gmail.com. Shit, my pen fell. You can <laughs> find this podcast where good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until next time. Peace. Hair grease. and am Black Girl Magic.